0: We're so glad you've joined us today for this teaching from City of Life Church. For information on City of Life and to find more teachings like this, visit us at www.col.tv. Now, let's join the service. Today is Adventureland. In case you didn't notice when you drove on property, we don't normally have a pirate ship. Um, So that's kind of fun. When I drove in, I was like, oh, today's going to be different. Uh, We have a pirate ship today. Has anyone been to Adventureland in Disney? Got like the Jungle Cruise and Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean, Caribbean. I don't know how you say it. Um, All those things about Adventureland. And Adventureland is designed in a 1930s adventure theme where they would go explore things. And I Googled this. And this website that someone who loves Disney wrote this, and I was like, that sounds amazing. Adventureland brings you back to a time when explorers ventured into unknown realms full of natural wonders. And it got me thinking. In the 1930s, those explorers truly had to live an adventurous life. They were going into uncharted territory. There were no maps because they were the ones who created the maps. There were no books or people that they could consult. They truly had to go out despite any fears they might have, bring whatever they could on the journey with them, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. They had to live an adventurous life. And I feel like people who live that way really understand the concept of walking by faith and not by sight. Maybe people back then had a better concept of it than we do. Because nowadays, if there's something we can't see, if there's something we can't know, we have this pseudo power right at our fingertips because we Google everything. I myself am guilty of it, as I already confessed. We literally Google everything and we feel like maybe we have some kind of control. So today we're gonna look at Paul. He is the one who wrote, we walk by faith and not by sight. And we're going to look at the chapter before that verse. Second Corinthians chapter four is our text. And in the beginning of that chapter, Paul is saying that unbelievers have been blinded by the enemy to the truth of the glory of God, to the light of the gospel of Jesus. So in verse six, second Corinthians four says, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. And now we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Today we're talking about Adventureland and the title of this is Buried Treasure. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to look into your word. Lord, your word in and of itself is a treasure. Your word is a map that guides our lives. So thank you for the truth of your word. Let it illuminate something in us today. Let us hear your voice so clearly, God, each individually what you have for us to hear so that we can walk away more like you, so that we can understand this great treasure that you're speaking about. In Jesus' name, amen. So as humanity, as humans, there's two scenarios that I think we can all relate to. Have you ever done something that was so wonderful or said something that was so brilliant, and on the outside, you're like, yeah. And on the inside, you're like, where did that come from? (laughs) Because that's not me. Maybe you had the answer to a trivia game, and you won it for your team. Or maybe maybe someone was sharing their story with you, and you just had this Bible verse to share, or something encouraging to say, and someone said, wow, that was exactly what I needed to hear. In those moments, it's really easy to like pat yourself on the back, like, yeah, I'm awesome. But let's just break this down practically. Uh, Maybe in the case of the board game, you had that fact put into you somehow, whether you read it or watched a YouTube video or whatever, you you got that fact put in you and it just came out of you in the right time. Or maybe in the case of encouraging someone, um, you might not have known what to say, you might not have been an expert in that situation, but God brought that verse to mind or God brought that encouraging word and it actually had everything to do with God and nothing to do with you. You just happened to be there, you know what I'm saying? That's pretty humbling, right? The other thing I think we can all relate to is, have you ever done something, and you're like, yeah, I'm doing it, and it failed miserably? <laughs> Am I the only hand? I think with YouTube and Pinterest, there's this thing now called a Pinterest fail. And if you're a DIYer, if you like doing projects, or if you're a cook, um, I have been the victim of a Pinterest fail more than once in my life, as recently as 4th of July. I was going to this 4th of July party, and what would our founding fathers want? Good food, right? Like, they would want us to enjoy our lives. Um, So I knew there was going to be so much food at this party, and my husband and I try to eat a little healthier, and I pride myself on being a really good cook, but also a cook that's pretty healthy. So I was like, okay, I'm going to bring a healthy dessert, and people are going to eat this dessert and be like, oh my gosh, this is healthy? This is so good. It's what I played out in my mind right so I go on Pinterest I find this recipe it's like vegan no sugar coconut fruit and the pictures are so beautiful and I'm like the blogger was saying this is like the best dessert ever and so I was like this is my ticket I'm gonna bring this to the party and everyone's gonna be like oh my gosh that's healthy I want to be healthy so I make this dessert and it's a pie so you can't really taste a pie before the party because you're going to see there's like a piece missing. I bring this pie to the party, and someone's like, oh my gosh, did you make that? I'm like, yeah, it's healthy. <laughs> I haven't tasted it yet, but it's good. You're going to like it. So I get this piece of pie, and then the party goes on, and I never hear back from them. <laughs> and I realize maybe I should taste this pie that I made. So I get myself a piece, and I take a bite, and I realize, oh no, this is a Pinterest fail. This pie needs sugar real bad. <laughs> and so I apologize for being wasteful, but literally I, I didn't even eat more than one bite. I Actually, I did. I tried a second bite and I was like, nope, it's still bad. And I put the whole thing in the trash because I was like, I cannot subject this party to this horrible pie. I cannot lose my reputation that I'm a healthy cook that's also a good cook. No, this thing is going in the trash and no one will ever know until today. (laughs) Also, shout out to Jessica Reedy, who ate my pie. Sorry. Sorry about that. But when I think about these fails that we all have in common, and we've all failed in one way or another, but when God looks at us, when he looks at humans out of all creation, he doesn't look at our failures. He doesn't view us as mess-ups. In fact, he sees The very creation that he made to carry his treasure on this earth. If you're taking notes, write down. Number one, you were designed to hold treasure. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, there's treasure in you? If you're watching online, say, there's treasure in me. Verse seven said, God chooses to put his treasure in fragile jars of clay. And we are like those jars And verse 7 continues to tell us it's okay that we have our Pinterest fails and our even more serious fails, because this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not ourselves. So when we shine like stars, that's God's goodness. When we fail, there's still room for God's goodness. When we shine like stars, when we give that great answer, when we say that great thing, that's actually God too. It's not us that we're good in and of ourselves. And when we look back at the beginning of creation in Genesis, we see in Genesis chapter 2, before God has made man, he notes that there was no rain on the earth, um, so there were no crops because there was no people to cultivate the crops. So we pick up in verse 6, it says, Instead instead of rain, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. So when God said it's time to create man he bent down and picked up some dirt. Do you know what clay is made of? The Bible is going to call us jars of clay. I googled it just for you. Clay is made up of dirt, rocks, and minerals typically found in the path of springs. So God had already made everything he needed. And he takes this clay and he shapes us. And he could have shaped anything he wanted. So he chose to create us. He chose to create humans, to carry his treasure, and he breathed his treasure into Adam. He breathed his treasure into us. We carry treasure. We were designed to hold the treasure of God. And number two, you are responsible to guard the treasure. It's your responsibility to guard what God has breathed into your life. When something is fragile, you tend to treat it a little bit differently. In addition to taking our son out for groceries, thanks, hon, uh, he also washes the dishes at our house and, thank you, Jesus, (laughs) Shout out to all the husbands who help with chores. We see you. We appreciate you. Even if we don't say it all the time, we're grateful. But he knows there are certain things I've told him, like this coffee mug that I love cannot go in the dishwasher. It has to be hand washed or that pan. It has to be dried immediately. When something's fragile, you treat it differently. Even when we're moving, we stamp fragile on certain boxes so that some boxes are treated differently than all the other boxes. I remember when I was pregnant with Malachi. Um, and first of all, when you're a parent or when you're pregnant, there is like so much that you're like, why has no one told me any of this before? You learn so many things, and you're like, every other parent knows this? How come no one has ever told? Like, what did I get myself into? And so when you're a young parent, you Google a lot. Stop it. Can I free you? If you're a new parent, stop the Googling. It, it's, 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 an, it's a source of anxiety. Because if you Google something, Google's going to say, oh, you have a cough? You might die in seven minutes. <laughs> like, just don't Google. Ask someone who loves you. Um, just, they will help you much more than Google will. But when I, when I was first pregnant, I learned all these things that pregnant people shouldn't do. And so um, it was like, you can't eat certain cheeses or lunch meat or sushi. You're not supposed to get a tattoo when you're pregnant. You're not supposed to go on roller coasters or in hot tubs. And I thought to myself, this sounds sacrificial. I really like cheese. And I had to come to the determination that I had to live my life differently because I was responsible for something fragile so I didn't eat the cheese I didn't eat the sushi which I craved I didn't go to the theme park I didn't go to the hot tub not because I was better than people who eat sushi and go to theme parks but because I was responsible for guarding a treasure that God had given me You see, church, we might need to change some things in our lives. We might need to change some patterns. We might need to stop going to some places we used to go. We might need to delete some things from our phone. We might need to start speaking a little differently. But we don't change our behaviors and our choices and our locations because we're better than other people. We make those changes because we're guarding the treasure. We're guarding what God has given us. Because this treasure is holy. This treasure is not common. And it's not our own to do whatever we please with it. This treasure was bought at the great price of the blood of Jesus. We're responsible to guard the treasure that God has given us. And if you've never heard this, let me tell you your life has so much value. Your life has value. God chose you to carry his treasure. It's worth guarding. It's worth fighting for. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You see, the heart is the gatekeeper of this jar, this vessel that we carry, this life. We were designed and created to carry treasure. But if we allow our heart to let in bitterness and anger and unhealthy patterns and toxic things and we hold on to those things and we guard our unforgiveness and we have to stand up for our rights all the time and we have to speak our mind all the time and we're making our lives about guarding our liberties and our freedoms then when people get around you, they might not even know there's treasure because you've buried it with all this negativity that looks exactly like the world. Are we spending our time guarding these plastic coins called treasure that the world offers more than we spend time guarding the treasure that God has breathed into us? That challenges me in a good way, and I hope it challenges you too. You see, People around us, we, we pour out our attitudes. We pour out our thoughts. We pour out our Facebook statuses. And if it's all based on you and you alone and not what the Bible says and not what God has done in your life, how are people ever going to see the treasure? How are they ever going to know the hope of Jesus? Because you're pouring out what you've put inside you. We have to guard our heart. We have to make sure that what we're allowing in is of God. Matthew 15:18 says the things that come out of a person's mouth begin in the heart. We guard the heart as a way to guard the treasure. Because what we tolerate fills up our life. It fills up that jar. And if we're not careful, we forget the great responsibility and we're carrying around all these things that don't really matter when we have been given treasure. We're responsible for living with clean hands and a pure heart so that we can walk worthy of the call that God has given us, so that we can be a vessel prepared to carry the treasure. You are responsible to guard the treasure. You know, at the end of our lives, when we individually stand before God, no one else is going to be held accountable for your thought life. No one else is going to be held accountable for what you entertain and for what you hold on to. A few months ago, I was praying, and um, I don't know about you, but I feel big feelings. (laughs) It's a blessing and a weakness all at the same time, but I was just pouring out my heart to God in prayer. I was being real with God, and I'm so grateful God can handle us being real. He wants us to be real. We don't have to be fake with God. So I was just telling him, I was like, God, I feel anxious about this situation, I feel a little hopeless if I'm being honest about this situation and I don't see how you're going to work this out and that's why I'm coming to you. I'm I'm just being real with you, God, and and I feel this and I feel that and God interrupted me in my prayer and I'm grateful that he did and this is not like the Bible. This is just something that God told me but I, I feel like it could bring some freedom to some people. So I was pouring out my feelings, pouring out my heart and God just said, Amanda, Stop wasting time on feeling things that don't even matter and start spending more time feeling things that do. Stop wasting time worrying about tomorrow, feeling anxiety about things that may be outside your control, and start spending more time recognizing the treasure that's within you, reminding yourself of the word when it says God has not abandoned you, reminding yourself and feeling the things that really matter. The treasure really matters. The other stuff doesn't. So sometimes we make choices to allow things into our life that maybe make us feel like we're cracking under the pressure, or that it's breaking us. But other times, sometimes life just happens. And... There's things outside of our control. There's things that we didn't bring into our lives. And number three, your brokenness releases the treasure. You see, breaking the jar doesn't devalue the contents of what's inside the jar. It actually releases the contents of what's inside the jar. Maybe you feel like your life is broken because of Things that have happened to you. And I get that. I know what it's like to have a loved one die unexpectedly. I know what it's like to receive a diagnosis or hear a loved one receive a diagnosis of cancer or infertility or diabetes. I know what it's like when life is stormy. Those are breaking moments. There are breaking moments when we go into a situation with really high faith, believing with our whole heart that God is going to do exactly what we're asking, and we don't see the picture we thought we would see. These are moments to face our brokenness. We may be pressed, church, but we won't be crushed, We may be perplexed or confused about the details and the whys and the hows, but we will refuse to live in despair. If you're feeling struck down, remember you cannot be destroyed because the creator created you. If you're feeling broken and like a target of the enemy, know that God has not abandoned you. Our story doesn't end in brokenness. Not only has God placed worth, that treasure, within you, but when you allow God, he will create worth from your pain, from your brokenness, and he can restore you. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And when we face tragedy, there's really only two options. We can try to run away from God, which we've all done in some way or another. Or we can run to the rock that is higher than the storm around us. And I'm so grateful that when we do try to run away from God, he will leave the 99 to follow us. He still won't abandon us. He still hasn't given up on us. He will chase us down with his love. So there's hope no matter what it looks like. But I don't know about you, but for me personally, I'd rather run the right direction in the first place to get to the refuge a little bit faster. He's a strong fortress. We can trust him. He's a rock to plant ourselves on. So we need to be, we need to stop running from our brokenness. We don't need to be ashamed of our brokenness. In fact, what if God made us fragile in order to embrace brokenness. That's not an easy concept. Maybe you're not broken from life circumstances, but maybe you realize that in order to guard the treasure, there needs to be some breaking of things off in your life. Maybe an addiction, an unhealthy thought pattern, um, a relationship. I don't know what it is that you need to break off of your life, but don't run from the brokenness. Breaking releases the treasure. David, the king of Israel, at the lowest point of his life, he had sinned in, in ways that some of us would think as unthinkable for a man of God. He not only sinned sexually by having an affair with a married woman named Bathsheba, but then he tried to cover up that affair. And when it didn't quite work out the way he thought, he was like, well, I'll just have her husband murdered so that he never finds out about the affair, so that no one ever knows. And it wasn't until the man of God called King David out and he said, King David, what are you doing? That was fully inappropriate. God is fully aware of what you've done. It is not hidden. It is not covered up. And you have a responsibility to guard the treasure that God has given you. You have a responsibility to guard the gift of leadership, to guard the gift of holiness, the gift that I have placed inside of you. You have a responsibility. And it was at that moment David realized he had some breaking to do. He had some things he needed to break off of his life, some ways of thinking, some even ways of putting himself and his desires above God. David realized he had to break some things. And so in that moment, after he had spoken with the prophet, David wrote Psalm 51, 17, and it says, The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Breaking releases the treasure. Don't be afraid of the brokenness. And don't be ashamed of your brokenness. In fact, God's looking for brokenness. Another time we read about fragile clay jars in the Old Testament is in Judges 6 and 7 with the story of Gideon. Now, I really like Gideon because he, um, he, 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 he keeps it real with God. Gideon didn't, like, try to lie and pretend to be something he wasn't. And in Gideon's time, there was an enemy surrounding the people of God. And they were literally in a situation they couldn't get themselves out of. The enemy had completely taken all of their land and their livestock, and the people of God were starving. They were praying desperate prayers to God. They were saying, God, don't you see us? Don't you care? Aren't you going to rescue us? And God's so faithful, he heard their cries. And he came to Gideon. He said, Gideon, you're going to be the guy I use to bring freedom to my people. You're going to be the one to lead this army, to defeat this enemy, And you can read for yourself in uh, Judges 6, verse 15. Gideon basically tells God, he was like, "Um, God, don't you realize my family is the weakest in the whole tribe? And of my family, I'm the least. Gideon was basically saying, I'm a broken vessel. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know how to lead. People aren't going to believe that you chose me. And God's response was exactly, I like broken things. I choose broken people because it shows my glory within them. I don't want perfect people that look like they have their lives together. I don't need someone fake pretending they've got their world together. I'm looking for people who will embrace the brokenness so that my power can work in and through them. God looks for brokenness. He's not scared of it. So Gideon led his 300 men. And he led them against an army of over 130,000 people. If you like math, that means every single one of Gideon's men would have had to defeat 400 men by himself in order to win the fight. So God instructed Gideon, make sure every man has a torch with a fragile clay jar hiding it. And surround the enemy's camp in the middle of the night. And all at the same time, break the jars, shine the light, and scream for the Lord. Now, if I were one of those 300 men, I would have been like, Gideon, you sure we don't need like a sword or something? I'm just (laughs) keeping it real. But God told them exactly what to bring. And sometimes God's ways don't always make sense. But we have to follow his voice. We have to follow his word. So Gideon's men of 300 surrounded this army of over 100,000 soldiers. And at the same time, they broke their clay jars. They shined the light and they screamed, For the Lord! And when they broke those jars that light shined forth and changed the atmosphere and it confused the enemy so much they didn't know what was going on it was noisy all of a sudden they were surrounded by light and the enemy took their swords and started turning on each other the enemy in his confusion defeated himself see the enemy has tried to break us with pain with guilt bringing up our past over and over again, throwing circumstances at us, waiting for us to break. But what he doesn't realize is breaking doesn't defeat us. It releases the glory of God. If you feel broken in your marriage, let the glory of God be released. Turn your heart towards your spouse. Run to Jesus, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the path is. There is hope and healing in him. If he is Elohim, a strong creator, don't you believe he can recreate? Don't you believe he can take the brokenness and the dust and the ashes and turn it into something beautiful again? If you're feeling broken in your health, choose to release the glory of God in every doctor's office, in every hospital visit and you say I might not know the path, I might not know the way, I might not have the diagnosis I want I don't know what it looks like but I believe God is fighting my battles for me I believe he hasn't abandoned me, I believe the best is yet to come and I'm going to hold on to that truth and if you're feeling broken by some poor choices and sin in your life simply repent Go to Jesus, make it right. Ask him to give you the strength to walk a different path. He is faithful to walk with you. He is faithful to restore you. He'll take the broken things and breathe new life. Now there's an element of practicality to all of this. It's really wise to seek healthy counseling, maybe Christian counseling, depending on the scenario. It's really wise to seek medical advice. It's really wise to have that alone time with God so that you can repent, so that you can ask him to give you direction for your life. But once you've done what you can do in the natural, once you've gathered your torch and your jar, then you stand. That might be all you can do. You might feel like you're breaking. You stand in who God has called you to be. You see, Gideon's army didn't have to go swinging swords at the enemy. They just had to be obedient to break. They just had to be obedient to let their vessel break and let the light shine forth. God changed the atmosphere with his glory, with his light that was released. God fights our battles for us. We rest in him. And did you know light shines brightest in the dark? You might feel like you're in the darkest situation you've ever been in the breaking. You were designed to release God's treasure on earth. And even Jesus can understand what it's like to be in a dark moment, in a moment of brokenness, in a moment where his spirit felt crushed. On the night he was betrayed, he was praying to God in the garden. And he said, God, if there's another way, please take this cup from me. I don't want to have to die on the cross. I'm already feeling overwhelmed emotionally, taking on the weight of the world. I don't think I can handle much more brokenness, God. I don't think I can handle much more pain. God, are you listening? God, do you hear my cries? God, do you care? Are you there? And Jesus had to come to a moment where he embraced the brokenness. And he said, but not my will. Your will be done, God and if it's your will that i be crushed and broken and overwhelmed so i can release your treasure on the earth then your will be done god let your will be done in me use me break me i'm your vessel god i didn't create myself this life is not for me i'm designed to release your treasure on earth and because jesus embraced his brokenness he changed the path of all humanity church what would our brokenness change in our lives What would your brokenness change in your family, change in this community, in this church, in our job places? We need to stop being scared of the brokenness. We need to stop running away from the brokenness and embrace it and say, God, if you use broken things, here I am. Use me, pick me. Verse 10 of our text in 2 Corinthians 4 says, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. You see, for three days after the cross, the enemy, other people, probably thought the sting of death defeated Jesus. But Jesus just became buried treasure. He was buried in the grave in brokenness and in God's timing, which in this case was three days, that can be kind of hard to hear. Sometimes God's timing isn't three days, sometimes it isn't three weeks, sometimes it isn't three years. I don't know what God's timing looks like for you, but in God's timing, when you trust and you hold on, you plant your feet firmly on the rock, you don't give up hope, you be who God has called you to be. In God's timing, that buried treasure of Jesus, released the resurrection power of life. And so when we embrace Jesus, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, that same life lives within us. Don't run from the breaking. You were designed to carry treasure. You're created to guard it. And we are destined to release it. Thanks for listening. Your generosity makes this broadcast possible. So, if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing here, click give at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Join us again for more great teachings like this one.